Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, episode 19. My name is Dan Frost and as always supported by the best panel in the business uh, tonight. It's just myself and Alicia, no Tasha tonight, but uh, really looking forward to uh, yeah talking all things uh, Women in League. Uh, Alicia, the first question I've got off the top is, well, you know, you're seeing so much sport at the moment as everyone continues to prepare for pre-seasons or, you know, in other sports, people are sort of uh, playing competitively. The question I've got for you tonight is, is why rugby league? You know, if you're a younger athlete, you're sort of first coming into the sport, you've got quite a few options on the table. Yeah. What, what, what would make you play rugby league? Why rugby league? Well, Dan, I will let you in on a little secret. When I was younger, I come through playing a lot of touch footy and then I switched to cricket. And the reason for that was I absolutely sucked when it comes to contact. Like I hated getting smashed by my brothers. And so I think the contact, every time I talk to the girls, they say it's such an adrenaline rush to either get smashed or to smash somebody. So <laughs> I don't know where they get it from, but I think that in itself is like just a, a you're either into contact or you're not, right? So, um, yeah, I reckon that's a big one. And just the entertainment. We obviously see it in the men's game, just how good it can be. And, and in the women's game, we're slowly getting there. So, um, yeah, I reckon that's that's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I took the words out of my mouth in terms of the physicality and the aggression. But also, too, I think it's timing, you know, like uh, certainly not putting down any other sports. You know, we, we love all sports here at Mojo, but, um, you know, it, it's the timing of the women's game. You know, it's really, obviously really taking off. We're, we're slowly building um, infrastructure at the junior level in terms of pathways and that sort of, you know, moving our way through to uh, different competitions. But, yeah, you know, if we've got younger listeners out there that are sitting on the fence as to what sport to play, I uh, highly recommend rugby league because, yeah, as you said, Alicia, definitely go out there and, um, yeah, sort out some aggression. That's for sure. We, uh, we certainly love it. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, The Huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won women's state of origin on a great performance by the Australian Killaroos. Champion teams do this. They find space, they find time. I loved watching her play, and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yeah, and this week we've got another uh, we've got another special episode for you as we're up in the BHB Women's Premiership up there in Queensland, really enjoying going through this competition, speaking to all of the teams involved in that comp. If you haven't uh, caught all of our previous episodes, please go back, have a listen. Uh, definitely, definitely a great listen. Alicia, tonight we've got a very special team that we're going to be focusing in on. That is the Brisbane Tigers, and we are very fortunate to welcome their captain, Kat Moore. Welcome, Kat. Hello, how are you going? Thanks for having me. No, it's it's great to have you on board. Again, we, we certainly uh, have circled your club as one that we were really interested in, in talking to. It was a it was a wild 2021 uh, for everyone in society and especially your club, so really looking forward to digging into it. But uh, let's jump straight into it. Uh, my first question is, take us back. It's been a little bit of time now since uh, since the, the start of the, the 2021 season, but yeah, really curious as to as to what that preseason kind of looked like for the club and just the general vibe in and around the Brisbane Tigers. Um, 
Well, yeah, it has been a little while, but we had a we had a bit of a rough finish 2020. So we actually lost quite a lot of players. Uh, we came back into 2021 with eight players remaining. So to try and build the club again, that was that was pretty hard. Um, but in saying that, you know, we've we got new coaching staff and and they did they did a fantastic job. Yeah, it's uh, it it is really challenging, and I think there's probably a lot of listeners out there in the rugby league community that can relate because often, you know, clubs, uh, you know, especially at the state level, they can certainly go through periods of transition, and it's not easy. But um, glass half full, it can certainly give you an opportunity to create something a little bit new, a little bit different. Um, so you know, tell us what that was like. You know, new faces, bringing a lot of new people in. It would have been, um, yeah, definitely a new experience. Yeah, well, I can actually remember. So we had a um just like a meet the team I guess you would call it um and six well, four players showed up and one new girl so there's about five of us there um and the coaching staff now I can't imagine what he was actually thinking at this stage because there was four five of us there um and I just I think I I fired the questions I was was pretty fiery actually and um, put a bit of pressure on him and he's probably was like what am I getting myself into but um, you know I I love I love rugby league and I'm so passionate about it so I just I guess I was trying to set new foundations as a player as well going into 2021 we had a, um, a lot of players then show up to training as they do when the first training hits and when I say a lot we had I think we had close to 40 girls. So, Have you, have you been playing long, Kat, yourself? or like um, I'm, been- I'm actually the same as you. I'm a touch background. So I grew up playing touch footy and a lot of sports actually. Like I, I'm, I grew up out in the country. So you play everything out there, not just one sport. So, But touch football mainly. And I actually had a go at playing rugby league. Oh, gosh, I think I was 19 and I played in a carnival against all of, like, Steph Hancock and was, I probably got flattened a few times and, yeah, but I um I had a good carnival and then I, I didn't play after that. <laughs> like, the contact scared me a little bit. Yeah. It's just... I was going to say you either love it or you hate it, right? The contact <laughs> part of it, that's it. You learn, yeah. you learn to love it, that's for sure. But, uh, no, and it's definitely a story where a lot of people return to the game, Um you know, certainly giving it giving it another try. But, uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, almost like a new club, you know, all these new faces in. You mentioned that you've got to be a leader. You've got to try and drive the, this new culture, try and drive the team forward. But not everything went your way in the preseason. A couple of, you know, pretty serious injuries. Um, yeah. yeah, You know, again, more more adversity for the club. Yeah, we, we obviously had our team um, by January. I think it was late January. And it was really hard because we had – a lot of new girls, a lot of new girls that actually had never played before and straight into a, you know, a pretty elite competition. Um, we had two blows in our uh, pre-season games, I guess you would call them, the trial games, both of our captains, Jess and Nellie. And, you know, for th- that was actually pretty hard for our team to kind of take in that we just lost our two leaders. So that was... Yeah, and I think that reflected in our first game. I think that was a really scary game. Yeah, Um, that's what I was going to point out is, you know, you think about any sport, it doesn't matter what it is, at what level, you lose your top two leaders, you know, that's obviously a huge blow. Um, 
But, you know, let, let's talk about that early start to the season because, you know, it was certainly a wake-up call for the club in terms of the level of this competition. And, and it is something that has, you know, that we continue to talk about here at Mojo is that for people that haven't gone out and physically watched these games at state level, whether that be New South Wales or Queensland, this is a whole different ball game. This is uh, the, the level. It's just hard to explain. But, you know, you guys obviously came in and, you know, you guys were obviously put to the sword against, you know, that powerhouse club in the Burley Bears. But, you know, you guys didn't pack it in. You know, you guys were able to come back. You know, you were able to put in some some positive performances. You know, you're pretty much in every game then moving forward. Talk to us a little bit about, I guess, what happened behind the scenes to kind of recover from that round one. And I guess, you know, a little bit of the negativity um, through, you know, some of those injuries in pre-season? Um, yeah, that was hard. That blow on that first game, I guess our girls just probably weren't ready and that's not, you know, our, our staff and our coaching staff had a big job to do to get everyone up to speed with everything. You know, that's the new structure of the game and um, he had to pretty much start from zero, how to pass a ball and catch a ball, do you know, so... That was that was really hard. Um, it was negative after the first game. I'm very passionate. I think I even might have shed a tear when I was walking off um, towards the end of that game just to think, gosh, you know, we've trained so hard and took a massive blow in that game. Positively, uh, every, our coaching staff stay, stayed so positive um, after that game and that kind of just pulled us back together. Um we were lucky in the second game we had a win and that just kind of built everyone's confidence back again. But, yeah. yeah. It was- Look, we, we've all been there. We've all had those big defeats. But, you know, you can go one or two ways. You know, this season could have completely imploded. But, you know, it certainly went the other way. You guys are able to, you know, bounce back just a week later. And, and I think you're underselling your leadership as well. I think you had a, you know, a lot to do with it in terms of bringing this uh, group together quickly. But let's fast forward now to round five where you come up against, you know, a, a really high-quality football team uh, in the Capras. Again, they had some up-and-down results, but they were in every contest as well. Their, their sort of final uh, position on the ladder doesn't really reflect the season they had. But talk, talk us through round five because... You know, it kind of feels like looking at this uh, and looking at your season, this is where you're starting to really find your form as a team and starting to build a few combinations. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think we just we were unlucky in the game just before it, but we were confident coming into this game. I feel it was actually the first the first half of the game. We we were only up by two points. It was twelve ten, um, and I remember when we went back out on that field. It was a tough game and they scored, I think, the first they first tried after in the second half, they scored and they were ahead of us. And I just remember going into that huddle and I'm not, look, I'm not a very, I wasn't a very vocal person, you know, with our girls to start with. My leadership's obviously a little bit different to a vocal leader, um, but I was in there straight away and I thought we are not losing this game with a few extra words. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I was just yeah. going to say, what what does the fire? Have you learned much in this season in terms of your own leadership? Like you're a lot more vocal now, as you mentioned. Oh, so much, and you know, and I made so many errors as well. Like I, I think there was a game, like there was a game against the Valleys that I tried to overlead. I guess that I don't know if that's even possible, but you had something to. I had something to prove in that game. You know, I wanted to make sure these girls did their job, and I just kind of lost myself a little bit in my own game. And that was a really, that was a big eye-opener because if I'm not on my game, then how can I lead a team? So, mm. yeah, I, I learned so much 
And, you know, I was very grateful to be appointed as a captain. So myself and Taylor Eldridge, we're both, we're both captained together. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, and, and it certainly comes through in in, uh, in in the schedule itself, you know, looking at the results in terms of how you guys were able to, you know, turn around the season after, after what was a slow start. But, yeah, obviously to get the win there, you know, that that's, that's very, yeah. very impressive. And especially, you know, when these are close contests because, again, it's only one try, you know, heads can dip, you know, you can sort of lose focus, uh, lose confidence, but you guys are able to sort of pull it together and get the win there. And let's move through now to sort of the end of the season because, you know, you, you talk about you talk about the BHP, you know, competition, and it's just so fast. You know, a lot of the conversations we have here at Mojo is you just can't afford to be losing games. You know, it's just it's just such a such a fast, um, shortened competition. And that final game, if you don't make the playoffs, if you don't make the semifinals, it's really important to finish that on a, on a positive note. Talk us through this last game against Tweed. Obviously, it meant a lot to the club. And, yeah, talk us through the day and, and how you guys went. Yeah, we we went into that game. Like, my mindset in that game was strong, really strong, I guess. And that probably reflected because I scored two tries. I was just ran over the top of people to score. But um, we – I mean, we had such a great season as a team like it doesn't obviously reflect in the losses, but we built something together. I mean, these girls came in not knowing each other and they left and I actually just saw on Facebook, they're out having drinks together tonight. So, you know, that, that's pretty amazing to get that, you know, get that gel, I guess, you know, with people that you've never met. But that that team, that game, that last game, I was, I don't know, I can't talk for anyone else, but... I was up, <laughs> I set a goal and it was against Georgia Hale actually because she has been like my, I can do what she does, you know, and she's she's like I guess what, who I look up to as, you know, same position. Um, so I just wanted to prove a point that we could, we could get it on the board but we actually lost in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> well, I didn't lose, we drew. So, but our confidence after that game was was really good. Do you feel like Kat, that you, you'll be able to hang on to these girls now? Like you've obviously almost started fresh. Like that's the hope now. We definitely hope so. That's what we're aiming for. I feel like every club will always you can't you can't please everybody. And you know, Adrian's coaching his type of coaching is very different. I could tell you right now. My my speech at the end of the season probably he had a bit of a giggle at it, but. We actually clashed a lot at the start, me and Adrian. We butted heads more than five times, I can tell you that right now. But I was very vocal to him um, and he probably copped it on the chin a couple of times and walked away but then maybe thought about it and um, changed a bit of what he did and he just really kind of worked, tried to work with us and I had the girls at heart. I, my biggest thing was we need to build a foundation for the club mm-hmm. and he was, you know, he... He's come in trying to set standards, I guess you could say. He was setting standards. So Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes those conversations are important. You know, you guys are going through all these adversity, all, all you know, through all these challenges. And if those hard conversations, hard moments weren't happening, well, you know, that's what it takes to rebuild a club. And, you know, you can certainly see, um, judging by your season, that you guys were certainly able to do that. And it just puts you guys in a really good position, you know, moving forward um, and certainly attractive club. You know, it's a great market. There's so much talent out there and, um, you know, it'll certainly be a destination for a lot of players. So, um, yeah, Brisbane Tigers, another great club up there in Queensland. Um, speaking of that, uh, our favourite part of the show, every week we get to dig into these rosters and um, I guess shed a light on some of the amazing talent, um, you know, certainly within your team. So. 
Yeah, we did have a couple of changes in the halves, actually. Um, we had Taylor Rolfe obviously finish most of the season in the halves. We did start with Ange as well, so she was kind of alternating in and out. Um, but strong. Uh, uh, Taylor Rolfe comes from a touch football background, so her skill set was actually fantastic. You, you know, you couldn't get a better left pass out of her. She was great. Um, Eldridge is... I mean, she's experienced. She's played there for three years in a row now. So she knew what the job was, I guess. Um, I know it's not her preferred spot, believe it or not. She she would rather play out in centres, but she does the job really, really good there. Yeah, and talk to us a little bit about her play because, you know, obviously being her natural position, you know, being outside, you know, it's very difficult coming into the halves. But, yeah, talk to us about just her, just her particular play, her style, Um you know, and again, is she quite vocal on the field, a little bit introverted? Yeah, tell us a little bit more about uh, about Taylor there in the halfback role. She really had to actually stand up this season. Um, she had to kind of get out of that shell because last year when I played with her, she was very, very introverted, very quiet, and she would just poke through and you would be like, oh, quick, pass the ball. You know, she's there. She's always there. But this year she did stand up and, uh, you know, she had to. She's very young. Um, but vote, she was vocal this year. She put us in our places, and yeah, I actually, I rate her. I think she did a fantastic job this year. You certainly love to see it. You know, half that's not afraid to, uh, yeah, put people in the right spots. That's for sure. And then, sorry, and then just quickly on your on your five eight, you spoke a little bit about you know a touch background, and it, and it is a bit of a common theme in a lot of the teams that we sort of speak about. What is it about the, the touch background? It certainly helps when you're getting out there and you're sort of playing, you know, full contact, but just agility, speed, you know, what did you see from your 5'8 this year? And, you know, certainly that touch background, it definitely helps. Yeah, I think it's the skill set that comes from touch for ball. Like you've got, they don't need to think about what they're doing. They just do it because, you you know, you kind of rely, you know, your players are going to be there. And that's when touch is good because you just do it. You don't think about it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Taylor was really fresh. So she came in and she didn't have the experience in rugby league. And I think out of the trial games, she just she just stood up. It was, it was quite natural for her. I, I think, though, the, at the end of the season, she did have a blow to her knee or one of her ankle maybe. I'm not 100% sure there, but I'm not sure where she's actually standing this year. But I would just – I'd love to have her back because she, she is good. She's got a good future ahead of her as well. Yeah, and certainly someone that, you know, will will take a lot out of this year, as will a lot of your players, you know, and look yeah. to obviously improve. It was a learning curve. Next season, absolutely. All right, talk to us a little bit about a group that you know all too well, and, and I guess a group I'm sure you're very passionate about, and that is your that is your pack, that, that's your forwards. You know, it's, uh, you know, again, we, we, we say it each and every week in, in terms of the physicality in this Queensland competition. You know, tell us, tell us about it in your own words, because, you know, this, uh, yeah, this competition is pretty serious in the middle. Yeah. Look, I was trying to get my team ready for that Burley game and because I knew from that last year how hard it is in that forward pack and to come out playing Burley first, like that is, you just, you walk away from those games going, oh, my God, like I cannot feel my chest. It's it's hard work and, you know, but you do it because you love it. It's passion. You're passionate about it. Um, I just have the mentality, I think I'm stronger than everyone, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you I just have to think like that, I guess. Yeah, and that definitely puts you in a good position. And then I guess, you know, you've got quite a – I guess you've got a quite a good balance, you know, in the team. You've got some inexperienced, you've got some experienced players. Mm-hmm. But talk to us a little bit about some of these younger players that are coming through the system and coming into the club. You know, what are your observations? Because, you know, something that we've seen is that they're just – they're starting to look a little bit different, Kat. There's just – um, you know, know. with these pathways yep. coming through, we're seeing new skill sets coming through. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the Brisbane area and what you're seeing because, you know, it's certainly a big positive for the game. These new girls coming through actually are quite brutal. Like they are, they are a different breed. They're a different breed for sure. I've got one of my young girls actually. Um, she's been with us for a couple of years now, Jada Lafipo. Um, I believe she is actually in one of the, the camps with Titans, but she just she can pack a punch she's not shy and she's not shy to run the ball and use it and a forward that actually can play with the ball is is dangerous yeah so and that's what a lot of these young girls coming through have they have skill set not just a big body and a forward running they have skill set as well yeah absolutely and and like you said it's almost compulsory in the modern game in terms of trying to you know, take a little bit of pressure off your halves and, and find some creativity mm-hmm. in other parts of your game. So, um, yeah, definitely a player uh, to keep an eye on. And, and you, you just wonder, you know, that where are these players going to be in the next three, four, five years? It's a it's a scary prospect, but certainly uh, one that's very, very good for your club. All right, Alicia, it's time to do our predictions for season 2022 for Brisbane. Um, you know, just quickly reflecting on 2021, we only had a couple of wins with a draw, uh, four losses. Again, this competition goes very, very quick, very rapid in most of the contests, very, very close. We say it every week. This is probably the most difficult uh, part of the show. But, yeah, what's your predictions for the Tigers next year? Put me on the spot because I don't even know <laughs> who I picked for all the other teams. So I was like, yeah, everyone's going to make the top four. And there's like 10 teams. So <laughs> I'm not too sure. But obviously, as as Kat mentioned, with all these new players, like if they can stick around for another year, they're going to be a lot better than what they were you know, at the start. It's just it's only natural. Um and also, I want to see the competition shake up a bit in terms of, you know, better talent equalisation across that competition. Um, though, yeah, I mean, who knows? I I don't really want to put any pressure on and be like, yeah, they're going to make top four or, or whatever, but I feel like they're going to be a lot better, obviously, for the experience. So yeah. I'm kind of sitting on the fence, I know, but hopefully Kat might agree there that, you know, second year round under, you know, hopefully the same coach if Adrian's staying on. Um yeah, I think they'll be a bit better than what they were when they first started. Yeah, look, I have to admit, I would love to see that round one team sheet uh, in season 2022 because that would make me feel a lot more confident with my pick. But at the moment, I'm, I'm sort of the same. I feel like outside the top four um, at the moment, just because I feel like the Tigers have just got to learn how to close out games. And we spoke a little bit about this yeah. with a few teams in the comp where, you know, you see some of the top teams in the competition, if they do find themselves in a close game, they're able to close it out. They're able to get the win. And I feel like... Um, you know, clubs such as the Brisbane Tigers, if they're able to do that, you know, you know, in, in, instead of sort of finishing outside the top four, you can shoot up the ladder very, 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 very quick within one or two wins. So, uh, yeah, for me, outside the top five, but certainly not underestimating the potential in this group. And um, like I said, one or two wins and it can completely change things. Kat, you're a little bit biased. You're going into season 2022 to win it all, I'm sure. Um, you know, you've got a great club there you got a lot a lot of talent but yeah tell us a little bit about I I guess your expectations for next season I guess it's exciting times for the club 
Yeah, it is actually really exciting and I can confirm that Adrian is staying on um, and obviously Paul Neuenhausen, he does have the 19, so we will be working obviously really close together. Uh, I also can confirm we have signed a few girls, and um, which is really exciting for us, and I'm pretty sure that the point system is out there uh, for next year. I don't know if that's been confirmed, um, but this is why there is a lot of movement in players and looking for clubs. So um, we've been working pretty hard behind the scenes, I guess, and the coaching staff have been working the hardest to try and get these girls on board. So... And that's just going to bring experience to our club and that's what we are missing. I mean, we went in with eight players last year and I can't exactly say even myself was that experienced, but um, definitely I'm going to say we'll finish in the top four. I might not say we'll, you know, we're going to win it, but I think we'll finish in the top four. It's one of my biggest things about the state competition. Like obviously I cover, you know, NRLW as a, as a full-time job almost, but when it comes to the state comps, I, I I dislike seeing some of the blowout scores each week, both in New South Wales and Queensland. Um, you know, it's been one of my biggest sort of pet hates in the last two years that our four teams are stacked, two teams are stacked, but then the others really struggle. And I think until they get that down pat um, at a state level, it's only going to help them when these girls move into the NRLW and transition because... Yeah, something needs to be done. I feel like there is a bit of progress there, but I'm yeah. not. I haven't got my head around the state comps as much, obviously, as as the NRLW, which is also a bit of a struggle with talent equalisation, as we know at the moment too. So, yeah, it's really interesting times, but I think it's only just going to help the women's game. I will say though, with our club, we didn't actually have. I mean, we had a Fijian representative, so Eloise Funakesi, who was awesome to play with, by the way. Um, we didn't have that many people in our club. Actually, we had no representative players. And for us to finish equal fifth with Tweed, yeah. um, and, I, you know, I just that was just all on the girls. Like they just did amazing to kind of pull it together to finish where we actually did. But then to build that, starting to build that foundation again is just, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was a great season. I know we didn't get the result we wanted, but it was actually a really good season for us. That's yeah, absolutely. Now, and I think you guys should be very, very proud of it. And, um, you know, you think about where the club's at, you know, certainly developing um, players. There's also a bit of a hidden benefit to that, which I think this club is going to realise over the next few years. But, no, all exciting times for the Brisbane Tigers. And, as always, we are just excited about next season. Cannot come soon enough. We're, uh, we're all, yeah, very keen to, to watch, uh, yeah, this competition back in action very, very soon. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, the question I've got for you guys is, you know, I guess we can't steer too far away from women's state of origin because it certainly is one of the one of the most exciting, um, you know, competitions, one of the most exciting events uh, in the women's game at the moment. But the question I've got for you is, where would you like to see women's state of origin in five to ten years' time? Alicia, I'm going to start with you first. <laughs> I thought you were going to go to Cap first because she was going to give you a good answer on the three games, but um. Look, I think we probably just answer for both of us, but three games is obviously, you know, yeah. that's that's the pinnacle, right? Like that's that's what we want. That's what's been in the media for so long. Why isn't it being three games? I cover it every year and I'm always left wanting more. I feel like it's like an entree and, you know, who would love to have seen a rematch after that penalty goal that Queensland won? Like, 
you know, can you imagine the build-up to the next game? Like, there was a bit of spice to come out of that. Now we have to wait a whole 12 months to, like, hit the park again. So I think in the next five years, because I also understand it's a slow burn, but I think at least, say, in the next two years, I'd like to see it go to two games. And I think if you're good enough to win both games and you you deserve then to take the shield back, Um and, you know, play one in Queensland, one in New South Wales. Obviously, if you level the series at one all, then you retain the shield. So I think there's a bit of – I think it's like moving to two games is a lot more realistic than just jumping straight to three first. Um, but in saying that, yeah, like it's it's starting to sort of get bigger. I want to see it – I want to see it a big crowd, you know, if they do bring it back to Sydney um, next year and, and kind of really build up that – that crowd and the atmosphere and just sell it properly. That's, that's the big thing I think. But um, yeah, I'm going to kind of steal Kat's idea here and say three games. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. And Kat, let's, let's hand it over to you because there was a lot of nodding uh, along the way. Obviously you sort of agree, but um, you, you know, there's just so much to organize in and behind the scenes. There's obviously a lot of reasons as to why there isn't three games, but you know, that's plenty of time over the next few years to, to get all of that sorted. Obviously, you know, a lot of the, the ins and outs as to some of the challenges in the women's game as to why we, we sort of need to be careful with expansion. But um, yeah, what's your thoughts on this? You're, you're really comfortable moving to three games in the not too distant future. Yeah, look, I think, yeah, absolutely. Three games is where we want it to be, but I mean, it is hard as well because you're talking about women that have full-time jobs and kids and, you know, have a full life outside of football. So um, when it when it becomes a full professional sport, then I think they'll move that to three games. But I, I would love to see three games. I mean, women are, I think they're more passionate about football than half the men sometimes. Uh, Pathways is another one, I think, you know, for our younger kids coming through, I would love to see the girls have pathways for Queensland State of Origin, so camps for the younger girls, maybe, you know, at the under-16s, school through schools. Yeah, just more pathways for the girls too. I think in in New South Wales, there was supposed to be at the end of this year until COVID hit, like in uh, New South Wales all-schools competition where you, you almost had that and then you'd pick a New South Wales um, combined team and then you'd send them up to Queensland and, and play at that junior level, which is exactly what I think they, they had it all penciled in, but obviously just never come to it because of the uh, pandemic. But yeah, I mean, for me, we've missed, and I've said this already on this podcast, but we've missed like a whole generation of players. Like, yeah. you know, you just surgices are just catching up now on, because she couldn't play, you know, when she finished at 12, she missed like a whole six-year period of, of growth. And, you know, it's now like the 12-year-old girls that you've got to really target and put the effort in. Obviously, their bodies are developing in that period. We all know the men, you know, really kick off when they're 16, 17, 18 and Harold Mats she ball and and up there in Queensland with, with the local competition. So, um, yeah, it's a – I feel like we're playing catch-up, but it's also yeah. a case – like I watched that under-19s game – you know, the curtain raiser to origin and those girls just, they're the next generation. Like I watched the national championships, same thing with those 19s girls, like that they're the ones that you need to keep the eye on and, and they're really going to push. So any origin experience that they get before they move into that senior level is going to be crucial. Yeah, 100% agree. Yep. Yeah, very, very silky. A lot, a lot of talent out there. Look, for me, in terms of my ideas, um, yeah, look, five years, salaries are in place. You know, that that's obviously a foregone conclusion. And 
we try and move away, hopefully, from the uh, the competition pay in a way, and we sort of come up with a with a system that that's a little bit more fair and equitable for a lot of the players out there. But you know, big salaries are in place for people that are competing at both the state and at those higher levels, um, and then obviously for state of origin, which we are starting to see come through, which is a, a great achievement. But um, you know, that 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 revenue is going to continue to grow. So I think that the salary component is really really important. Academies, hundred percent agree with you in terms of establishing the pathways. Ten years time, let's take it overseas. You know what I mean? I think I think the men still haven't got that right in terms of showcasing our our game globally. Let, let's let you know. Let's set ambitious goals, and you know where this game could be in ten years. Who knows? Big exhibition game overseas to a huge market because we just want to get this um, great product under as many eyes as we possibly can. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have tonight. Kat, just want to uh, thank you for coming on and talking all things football. Really appreciate you coming in and, and I guess, stepping us through uh, what was a challenging season for the Brisbane Tigers. But, again, as we spoke about, you know, really exciting future there at the club. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Uh, great to have you on board. And, Alicia, thanks again for talking all things rugby league. All right, listeners, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode as well. Uh, please download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll see you then.